You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Ali Bunker. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The People's Wrestling Podcast. Obviously, I'm your host, Ali Bunker, as always. And I'm joined this week by Aiden Bunker. Aiden, how are you? Yowie wowie. Yowie wowie to you too, good sir. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Still uh, cracking on at the old Mercedes Benz, nothing much to do. Yes, yeah, still dragging along a bit, but easiest money I've ever made by far. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm literally getting paid to do fuck all. <laughs> Speaking of not bad things, we're also joined by Matt. Matt, there we go. We'll talk about that for a segue. Not bad. Not one of your best. You're not that a... was a bad thing. <laughs> you're not a bad thing, Matt. Okay, I'll think of better ones next time. How are you anyway? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm good because it's a new belt day. You are. Oh, you got a new today. belt. No, you did get a new belt. So you have you go on reveal to the masses what you bought yourself. Well, I bought the um, winged eagled WWE heavyweight championship belt. So wow. that Bret Hart can sign it. See, so yeah, you've sent us a little picture of it earlier. It looked pretty impressive. <laughs> I think this time specifically for people he's to much sign. more likely to get it signed by the person he takes it to get signed by. Considering yeah, the only person. That... <clears throat> yes, your, your track the only reason, isn't great. So the only reason I won't get it signed is if he does not turn up. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a possibility. Imagine if it'd be like the Undertaker one. I'd just replace him with Mick Foley. Yeah, <laughs> who are they going to replace him with? Oh, yeah. Um, what is that again? That's October, right? October, yeah. How much does that set you back then? Oh, I can't reveal that. Them, them kind of information. <laughs> Lots well, of money. People will come looking for it. Exactly. Speaking and I've got three of them. So. Speaking of, are you going to you going to defend it? Are you talking about the belt or the tickets? The belt. All right. Okay. Depends. Who's going to challenge me? Well, you never know. Can we apply twenty-four-seven rules? <laughs> Bring it on. Okay. Mark carrying the belt around. Kelly's definitely going to pin you for it. <laughs> Harley runs away as the world as the twenty-four-seven champion. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. Good stuff. But to be fair, it's one of the ones I've always wanted because it's, it's that's my child. That. The one from my childhood. Yeah. It's um, the one which Stone Cold decided he didn't fucking want. <laughs> he didn't did want that one. Um, it just got a little bit old-fashioned, didn't it, I think. I do love that belt, though. That's a classic belt. I also like the one that replaced it, to be honest. Classics. I had yeah, that one, but in box. foam form. Actually, yeah. I think it's probably yours. No, you, it was yours, but yeah. it was also, it was navy. It was blue, yeah. Because yeah. it had a blue strap for a little while. Yeah, it was, kind of, it was really dark navy, wasn't it? Dark blue. Yeah, there's a couple of pictures of like Kane with the blue strap, and I think the night after WrestleMania or something when they came out with the new title, and yeah, the blue strap. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. The foam, the, the, foam, foam, the foam in the blue was like was a really proper navy, blue. like yeah. Yeah, it was almost grey. <laughs> By the end of its tenure, it was. Yes, it's tenure. Those foam belts were well cut. They used to rip so easily. Though. I know. I had the. I, I, I again. I don't know if it was me or you. Probably me. The Rock one. The Brahma Bull one. That was you. And early in the Continental. I had um, spinning championship belt. That was um, definitely you. I feel like there's one or two more. 
Oh, you used to have. Paddy was rocking that in uni, like spin. <laughs> yeah, I used to have the, 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 the bronze, the bronze uh, IC title. Yeah. Um, and I had the winged one, a black one of the winged one. I also had a tag team title, but only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only the one. Yeah. Maybe not the other one. Maybe. That's that's one of my like. I want to get that title. You know, the original tag the original team. Original title. tag team one. Yeah, they're really be. hard to come by. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> like the yeah. demolition tag team ones, like from that era, you mean? Well, just yeah, yeah. from like early to up, up until late nineties, or no, like early two thousand, wasn't it? It would have been up early. until they split to Raw and Raw and SmackDown tag team titles, wasn't it? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it was a, it was just the World Tag Team Championships, wasn't it? Yeah. Then WWE. You know, I bloody love a tag team. Well, bloody love a tag team. Who doesn't? Um, right. Apparently, the SummerSlam card doesn't. <laughs> well, that's true. Single <laughs> cards. I was just going to get onto the SummerSlam card. How convenient was that? See, making your job easier. And I just want to put this out there. Fuck Ember Moon. <laughs> we're going we're getting into that. Uh, but SummerSlam. SummerSlam was at the weekend. The uh, biggest event of the summer. Hottest party of the summer. What are they calling it these days? Um, the thing that happens summer. in the summer. Things that happen in summer. Um, so it was. Um, it was well. Depending on who you listen to, it was either a really terrible show or a really great show. My opinion is that it was somewhere between the two. <laughs> who is, I haven't. Yeah, heard. that's my opinion as well. Who's saying it's terrible? I haven't heard anyone say it's terrible. Anybody who cannot be pleased by anything that WWE yeah, do anymore, true. like most of the Twitter world. I don't know what people expect. I, I, I haven't seen anybody actually ragging on it. I, I, re- I thought this was probably the best SummerSlam in quite a few years. I liked. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, I, I don't think it was the best pay per view of the year or anything like that. I think maybe there's been a, a couple of B level pay per views which are probably slightly better in terms of the in ring action. But I, I will say, I watched it and mostly in one or two sittings, and I didn't get bored at any point. Do you know my favourite thing about it? It wasn't in Brooklyn. Three and a half hours. Yeah, it was it was a good length, right? And that's what she said. It was go, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it felt a little bit refreshing. To I looked at the time when I started watching it. I was like, oh, brace myself for about four and a half hours, five hours. And it was like three hours twenty seven minutes. I managed to go the entire day without um, without spoilers. Mm-hmm. Successfully, fully. Which, yeah, up until I started watching it. Yeah, which is very very hard considering. I don't have anything to do at work right now. <laughs> yeah. Some, your go-to is Twitter and yeah. shit. You know, at the times I went... Oh, In that open order. Twitter. No! Open Twitter. No! <laughs> like, it, was, it was horrible. I did that a couple of times. So I had an awful day. I like, just bawled out of my mind. I can't open Instagram because there'll be something on there. Dead open Facebook because there's never any wrestling things on there that spoil anything apart from when I'm not... Yeah. When I'm avoiding spoilers. Yeah. Um, and then when I was watching SummerSlam, I made sure like I didn't pause it or anything at any point, so I didn't see how long was remaining. Um, so when the main event match came on, um, I was really tempted to be like, Just oh, check. surprise, oh, there's only five minutes seven left. Seven minutes left. <laughs> but, um, I didn't, and everything was good. Everything was good. Yeah, I, I mean, I successfully avoided all spoilers too until I watched it, but then I watched it. It's the first time in a very long time I've managed to do that. I think I started watching it at about 10 o'clock in the morning at work. Um, and it probably lasted till about three. So yeah, I guess I, I did. So we all 
did nothing on Monday then, because I also watched it at work. I mean, I worked very hard on Monday, but I was just watching it at the same time. I, I nearly, I considered watching it live because I knew that I wasn't going to have a particularly taxing day on You'd Monday. You just fall asleep at your desk. I mean, I still went to the gym in the morning, so I thought I could potentially. All right, just, rubbing it in. Fucking hell. I thought I could just stay up, watch SummerSlam, chill for a bit. Go to the gym, go to work, and <laughs> just not sleep. You should have just slept from because like I assumed that SummerSlam would end at, nine like, at night. <laughs> I assumed that SummerSlam would end at about twenty-five past five, yeah. <laughs> and I'd have to get up in an hour. So I thought, oh, yeah, I might you, should, do that. you should have just slept on Sunday afternoon from like one till nine. Well, I was with Tasha. Got up, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and got up, went to the gym, watched SummerSlam, then went to work. But then you would have had about two hours there where you had nothing to do. Jim to come home, didn't they? Anyway. <laughs> but, um. Oh, are we not going to talk about the thing that was before SummerSlam? What, the kickoff? Or, no. No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd never watch that. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take her over after. I like the kickoffs, actually. I tend to watch most of them. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of talk and a lot of ramble, but there's always a fair amount of stuff going on. Like they had Mick Foley on, and they had a couple of guests on and stuff, so it was all right. And then there's always a decent segment or two to watch. Yeah, well, one of the highlights... That's the only it. thing that got ruined for me. Well, yeah, it did for me, but it's only because... Because I, I went on Twitter, and then I saw that, and I was like, please don't let me Elias, he's just speared. <laughs> well, I had no idea, because um, I was watching the pre-show live. Did you I... not have any idea until they... Oh, did you watch the pre-show before you watched SummerSlam? I watched... No, I didn't watch the whole pre-show. So I watched the pre-show live. Yeah. Up until about... Uh, right at the start of the Buddy Murphy match. Bloody Buddy Murphy. And it came up on my phone, because I was watching it on my phone, it came up saying that... Um, exceeded the number of stream thingies. And I was like, oh, I guess Ali or oh. Jamie is tuned in now. Um, that would be Jamie. So I was like, fuck it. I was getting ready for bed anyway. Um... So then, yeah, I was just carelessly watching SummerSlam and Elias comes out and it's like, well, Elias got speared by Edge earlier. I was like, hold on, what? The f- what? Yeah. And then uh, I remember your message, you like, oh, go watch the Elias fix. So I was like, fine. <laughs> Went and watched it. I was like, what the hell? Oh, that ruined a good moment for you. I know. Fucking Tom Phillips. But it ruined it for me as well because I, I didn't watch the pre-show at all. I just went straight into watching SummerSlam and when it got to the Elias bit when he came out during the Kevin Owens Shane Man match, I was like, Fuck you, Tom Phillips. <laughs> was like, what do you mean? Edge can't do it a didn't spear. Him. He'll break his it. neck. <laughs> that stack of dimes he calls a neck. But it was a great moment. It was uh, really surprising. I would I mean it would have been surprising. <laughs> if I imagine you might have been surprised I like if you hadn't was. known about it. Um, great to see. Great to see, but also slightly concerning. Like, was it worth the risk? I mean, Edge knows what he's doing. Yeah, I know. But did you did you kind of watch him think he looks nervous? He looks really nervous, and then after he looks relieved. <laughs> no, no, oh, I did. I thought I thought he looked nervous when I he got really ring. nervous. I thought it was more kind of like hometown, like chills kind of thing. He looked kind of emotional. Yeah, but well, I think that I I translated that as nerves. I think I didn't really pay much attention to his face or anything. <laughs> I was waiting for gorgeous him to, I was, flowing locks. I, know, I was waiting for him to speak. I yeah, love, it was a bit weird. That's his like mic. main attribute like, on the mic. But, <laughs> but I guess that made it a bit more surprising, really. So, good. Yeah, it was good. Um, so SummerSlam as a whole, then. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've mentioned that I thought it was somewhere between terrible and awesome, and probably more towards the awesome than the terrible. 
how about you guys? What, what were your what was your take on the show as a whole? Good to know. Good to go first. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was letting Matt chime in. Go on, then, Matt. Um. I didn't think it was the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. So I think I'm pretty much in the middle. I nothing, mean, I'm, I'm nothing certainly... on there made me go, wow, apart from Bray Wyatt. Yari Wowie. That was the only bit that I was like, like a this is fucking awesome. Yari Wowie. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp. I didn't think... From an in-ring standpoint, there wasn't any one match which I thought, wow, that was amazing. Or yeah, even, usually you even pick out one really and great. you go, wow, that stole, that stole the show, that's yeah, the brilliant. Match. So, I mean, we, we, we go from top to bottom. I mean, the um, the opener between Becky and Natty, I I thought this was a, was a good really good match to be fair, um, and I thought it built nicely and there were some really nice spots in there with the sharpshooter on the ropes on the top rope. Oh. Why have we never seen that before? I don't know, but I like it. I bloody loved it. It kind of, it pissed me off that the commentators didn't um, didn't say enough that like there's nowhere for Becky to go. Mm. Then she doesn't have to break the hold. Yeah. Like Becky was like doing all she can to get herself out of it, but the commentators barely mentioned that. Yeah, as if it were me, I would have wanted them to hammer home the fact that like she can't go anywhere. Like she has to try and pull herself. <coughs> I can't even remember how she got out of it. Was it just Natty? She, she yeah, she like pulled. She pulled herself like pulled towards the ground mm. using the mat uh, mattress, using the mat and stuff. Mm. Um, and yeah, Natty eventually just kind of untangled her leg. Quite tiring, I guess, to put that hold on. Um, but I thought, yeah, I thought they, these two did really, really well to sort of come up with inventive ways of getting into each other's submissions and then their own. And um, I don't think there was really any doubt about who was winning this match. I mean, even Natty, even though Natty was in Canada, it was a better match than I thought it was going to be. I thought so. This potentially Natty's best, the best match in probably ten years. <laughs> maybe she had a really good one with Ronda Rousey back towards Christmas time. Um, yeah, I think this one was probably better. Um, I I kind of thought for a minute when she had when she had Becky in the sharpshooter, like the crowd were going nuts. Um, to be fair, she was in it a long time, and yeah, for, and, she, and then when she drags her back into the middle of the ring, I was like, are they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but just for a little, just for a sec. Um, but they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't go there, and I'm glad they didn't. I think Becky. Becky with the title makes makes much more sense than yeah. A with the title. Do you know what though? Hats off to Bret Hart because anyone else putting someone in a sharpshooter doesn't look like it. It's painful when he used to do it. He used to look like it fucking killed. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Um, I suppose it's not necessarily a sharpshooter, but Roderick Strong put one on both um, Velveteen Dream and Pete Dunne at the weekend. Yeah. And Velveteen Dream's feet were like touching his head. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> like, the, he was that's the strong bent hold, over. Though, that's, it's kind of meant to be. It's like an extra walls of Jericho or, or Lion Tamer, maybe. Because they yeah, they always talk about the um, uh, like softening the leg and whatever and all that kind but of not, stuff. But it fucking back. hurts your back. Yeah. Um, I'd assume I've never officially been put in it. Officially, I mean, I'm pretty certain I've been in a shot probably. I would have like applied it to myself when I was wrestling a bear. <laughs> you, I would, I would have, apply a sharpshooter to yourself. I know, but I would have like 
um, you know, you do like push-ups off a chair, like with your legs are up and on on a platform. So I would have been in that kind of position, but with like my chest to the floor, and it was just like this really hurts my back. <laughs> um, shout out to you know you say shout out to Bret Hart, but shout out to Natty. I think her sharpshooter looked looked good, especially when you compared it to Becky's. No one seems to be able to properly apply the sharpshooter. The, they always have trouble grabbing the legs. Yeah, they don't they don't cross the legs enough. You put them under your you do this with your arm on your hip and yeah. put them under there. Usually the legs are kind of kind of quite loose, but then there's like you've got to support you've got to support that knee. Yeah. And not a lot of people always Do you think it's because they've been on. trained like really well in how for the performance? I'm sure Natty and Becky would have like Natty would have walked through it. Yeah, because Natty's is quite good. Like Natty's was good, and she proper cinched it in, I thought. I was a bit like you, I was like, oh, are they actually going to do this? <laughs> and Becky sells it well. She did sell it well, she sold her ass off in it. Especially on Raw last week as well, she sold the, sold the shot shooter well. Yeah, Becky Yeah, Becky did, did sell pretty convincingly in this match, screaming in pain in a lot of it, to be fair. Uh, but she's, you just would, wouldn't you? It would fucking hurt. Um, see, I mean, it's right the sharp shooter, not the soft stroker or something. <laughs> The soft stroke. Yeah, that's like that. <laughs> um, the right result, right winner. Uh, I like the way she got into the disarmor at the end, and she proper cinched that in as well. Um, but I think dislocated her elbow apparently. <laughs> but I think this match really um, just showcased a different side to probably Becky that we haven't seen for a long time, where she was a bit more that's vulnerable. You what? Sorry. Having to dig deep. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, and can you think of any... Can you think of the last time we've had a women's division submission match? No. Is it the first time? Don't know why. It can't be, otherwise they would have they been... First time yeah. ever! <laughs> they would have been all Guys! Over. But I can't remember another women's submission match. So no, maybe Charlotte and Sasha or something, maybe. Or... I don't know. I don't know. That's... Yeah, you're right. Seeing as they both have finishers that are submissions. Yeah. Or Charlotte and someone else. Natty. Don't know. Did Natty have one back in the day or she something? She might have had one back in the day, yeah. Maybe. But it's interesting. No, that, I don't recall one. Maybe we'll have to look that one up. Um, but anyway, I think, yeah, as I was saying, it really showcased the side of Becky where she she was vulnerable. She was, she was almost defeated. Uh, and it was not really something we've really seen from her. Like with Lacey but Evans and stuff, she she kind I think of it's, not rolled over. It shows more character for because uh, nobody wants to see Becky just absolutely steamroll everyone. No, it's not realistic either, right? Like Natty would be a realistic threat to someone like Becky, especially in a submission match. That's Natty's thing. She's she's a technical wrestler based on her heritage, although she doesn't get much of an opportunity to demonstrate that much of the time. Um, so it would make sense that Becky would struggle maybe a little bit in this match whereas Becky is although we know Becky is a technically gifted wrestler it's not really her forte like it's not what she relies on yeah Um, so it would make sense and and to have Becky win that just it does two things it firstly adds an element of vulnerability to her which is great because she needed that and secondly it adds an element of credibility to her because she's beating someone in a technical wrestling match and it adds some credibility to Natalia yeah, definitely. It did wonders for Natalia this feud, to be fair. No, I mean, it'll yeah, probably it, will drop off now, but... <laughs> they won't go with her now, that's the problem. 
And that's the thing, and that's, and that's just the, the just age-old problem that WWE have with their women's division is everything is centred around one main feud on Raw and one main feud on SmackDown, and all the others are just on the periphery doing nothing. And they really are like, what harm would it be to have Natty feud with someone? I mean, that the problem is finding who. Like, there aren't that many people. But Natty Lacey Evans, for instance, I haven't seen Lacey Evans for a few weeks. Like, that could be a feud. She's been too busy living her life. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Good point. But she should also be working her work. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting to see where they go with it anyway. Well, we've seen where they went partly with it on Raw anyway, and we'll get to that. Um, I'm sure Matt was delighted. Moving yeah, on from that thing. So I think, I think it was Ziggler versus Goldberg next, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, what do we think of this? I think we pretty much all anticipated almost exactly how this went. The only thing that we didn't, I guess none of us were expected, although we did mention it during the prediction actually, uh, was Dolph Ziggler coming out hot out of the gate Two super kicks. Was it three? Two. Two, Two super kicks. Actually going for the third, getting speared. Did at any any point in the first twenty seconds of his match, you, you think, think that Dolph was going to win? Fucking hell, he's going to be Goldberg. <laughs> no, for the <laughs> maybe I, I would have put my house on that Goldberg would have won this match. Yeah, I get that, and we all predicted Goldberg would win, and we were all pretty certain that he would. But did like as soon as Dolph hit the first super kick and then the second. No point did you go, oh, or was it just that? I was kicking her for the second one. I kind of did, yeah. I, I almost did. They suckered me. I, I sat forward and I was like, no way, they're <laughs> yeah. gonna fucking just murk Goldberg. Well, the, crowd, the crowd were into the crowd, were, well, were well up for that. Um, they I feel like if that, if that was seventh or eighth on the card, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. The crowd's still hot, yeah. So, I guess so. Um, and it's literally the first thing that you see. To a point where like the camera wasn't even properly ready for the first super kick, I don't think. No, it um, wasn't. Uh, and yeah, and then the spear. Like I said last week, Dolph Ziggler flies halfway across the ring as if he'd been shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Um, made it look amazing. But yeah, no surprises here. This was the shortest match of the night. <laughs> well, I think everybody was yeah, looking so forward. No, but I can't believe you two got sucked in. I didn't get sucked in. But... It was almost unbelievable. Like, oh my god, he's actually. He I, I might actually know. He's I not. didn't think. Oh, he's gonna win. I just thought, no, they're not gonna. No, they didn't. I didn't. They didn't suddenly like get out of my seat and thought, oh fuck, he's done it. Yeah. <laughs> and what's wrong with being suckered in? I'm a fucking wrestling fan, all right? It's the whole fucking point. <laughs> fucking Mark. <laughs> So what? Mark. No, I mean, I was, I was the same. To be fair, I was, I was. It was, it was the best possible way they could have started the match. I just, I preferred only... that to my idea of him jumping in before the match and then getting speared. Yeah. The only down, the only sort of down mark I would put on this is, I wish Goldberg didn't kick out or one. Mm. I bought the same thing, especially on the second. Yeah, one. Especially on first the one, do one. Second yeah. one, kick out at two. Yeah. Third one, get speared. Yeah, exactly. That would have made so much more sense. Yeah. It just made it made Dolph no cells. Well, well, yeah. I mean, he does. We know this, right? But what do we make of the whole post match? <laughs> it was just a bit weird. It seems to be his new thing. Yeah, and it does. Well, is, is he? Um, oh, fuck. What's the word? Um, Retarded. 
<laughs> no, the um, the someone who loves pain, not or like they a sadist. Sadist, that's the yeah. word. Yeah. Is he is he into that? I don't. Know. I don't know. Is he? It's. I would get it if he if he didn't say, "Oh, you don't have the balls to fight me, man to man." All yeah. the time, like he's literally just fought you, man to man. Same with Miz. They literally yeah. had a match, that's an entire I mean. match. It doesn't like well, I, I get. Know, I know you got deluded heels and all that kind of stuff, but. That just that, that just, plain, just doesn't make sense. That bit. Honestly, like... he was so out of it from being smeared. <laughs> yeah, like, he just was saying words that his brain wasn't ready for. Dolph, Dolph Ziggler's an interesting one at the moment. I I honestly do not know where his career is going. Obviously, this is a quite a high profile match for him, and that's a good thing. Um, but this is not a good gimmick change. If this is if his new gimmick is to just get destroyed by everybody and then have a go at him on a mic and then just get destroyed again. Well, I mean, you only, he didn't get destroyed by Miz, Well, no, he? he got beaten by the Miz and then got uh, a skull-crushing finale by the Miz after he mouthed off at him. From behind. Oh, yeah. Which is how you hit the skull. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finale, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like it's, it's interesting that it seems like they're doing something with him or they've got, maybe they've got some kind of plan for like, why this... Why he keeps doing this? Yeah. Um, so we'll have to just see where it ends up. But yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, maybe it was just like, look, we're not going to get a four four minute match out of Goldberg, but we can still get a four or five minute segment out of him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the crowd loved it. That was the main thing I think the WWE were going for. For whatever reason, the crowd always loved Goldberg. I personally don't get it. I would, I would much rather Dolph Ziggler win this match. <laughs> yeah. If I was in the arena, I wouldn't have been shouting gold. But no, exactly. Um, oh, who am I kidding? I probably would have got sucked in. <laughs> and everyone else is doing it. Um, so I'm actually just reading now on Bodyslam.net an article which is headlined exclusive, which is always good. Vince McMahon breaks handshake deal with Dolph Ziggler. Um, essentially, the article is getting at the fact that Dolph Ziggler came out at the Royal Rumble um, and had previously commented on this, saying that he had hoped for more time off. But two and a half months, which was the time he actually did have off, was the longest time he'd had off in over 14 years. Um, since then, his return hasn't been great, blah, blah, blah. Lost to Goldberg, lost to the Miz. Um, Monday. Sophie lost to Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Raw on Monday was supposed to be Dolph Ziggler's last day with the company. Um, there was a handshake deal in place between Vince and Dolph, and Vince would let Dolph out of the deal following SummerSlam so that Ziggler could pursue his other projects. On Monday prior to Raw, Dolph approached Vince to thank him. However, it was then then that Vince told Dolph that he could not let him out of his deal. By the way, you're on a house show next time. <laughs> and that he would rather just pay him to stay home. What a fucking deal that is. Well, I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad deal to me. Um, the situation is especially interesting because WWE has just advertised Ziggler in a triple threat match for the title that will take place on the first episode of SmackDown Live on Fox. However, it now appears as though Dolph is no longer being listed and the previously mentioned title match has now been changed to a six-man tag. Yeah, I never believe those kind of things, especially that far out in advance. It's also no secret that the last thing Vince McMahon wants to do is lose one of his top stars to another project like what happened with Moxie and AEW. I mean, what do we what do we make of that? 
if, if Monday was meant to be Dolph Ziggler's last day with WWE, that would make sense considering how what's happened. And it's, I don't think Dolph's ever made any secret that he wants to pursue other things and wrestling probably isn't his biggest passion anymore. Probably makes sense. Let him go. Let him go? Yeah, what, what does he actually bring at the minute? Well, I mean, personally... I think Dolph Ziggler is an underappreciated talent. But I think his time has come and gone. It's just not going to happen for him ever again. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never been Dolph Ziggler's biggest fan. I've never not liked him. Mm. I just never, like, back 2013, 14, 15, when everyone was like, Dolph should be the main event of every show that's ever happened ever. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I just don't get it. I don't see it. Mm. But that doesn't mean I don't think he's good, and especially with his whole thing with Seth Rollins last year. That was great. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be a shame to lose him, mm. but um, it's not as if WWE is lacking in the department of people to step up and yeah. fill the spot. I put it this way. Would we miss him in six months' time? Probably not. Probably not. No, no I mean, get we, that. Didn't, we didn't miss him when he was not around. Well, it was two and a half months, apparently. <laughs> but, um, but, um, I, I mean, I mean that, that period from... Because he wasn't around from before Mania, and he didn't come back until like what May June kind of time. So that that over that period, didn't miss him at all. No. Yeah. I know. Well. So like. Actually, I don't though. miss Dean Ambrose from WWE TV. However, if they were to have allowed John Moxley to be on WWE TV, we'd probably miss him. <laughs> But uh, what I was going to say, I, I think it, this story makes a hell of a lot of sense considering it was The Miz who he had his match with on Monday. Yeah. Good friends, go back a long way from the same place, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think that final like score crushing finale could have been like a goodbye moment. Could have been the, the finale. Well, yeah. Could have been the skull crushing finale. finale, right? Uh, so I, I personally won't be surprised. More like the soul crushing I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Ziggler again, at least for a long, a little while. Um, but I think it'll come back at number thirty in the Rumble next year. <laughs> I think it, personally, I think it would be a shame if Dolph Ziggler never wrestled for WWE again. I think that would be a big miss, not especially not from... to get an official TV send off. Yeah, because I mean, then then there'd just be questions about like, oh, where's Dolph Ziggler? When's he coming back? Or like, oh, Dolph Ziggler's listed in the alumni or yeah, something on the website exactly, yeah. someone will pick a cup on that and then it'll just be oh yeah it'd be a shame really but... I think it would be but anyway we probably spent... you guys are too fucking sentimental fuck him <laughs> you can't just treat these people like cattle Matt they put their bodies on the line for us fucking glad Pete does I can't give a fuck <laughs> um, I can't actually remember what was the next match after this AJ Styles and Ricochet was it yeah so what do we think of this a lot of negativity for this match. Really? In Martin, from what I'm seeing. Mainly just because there was high expectations. But also uh, a bit of criticism for Ricochet's attire. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't for me. Fucking hell. No, I know, but just fuck off, people. What the fuck is wrong with you? I personally didn't enjoy his attire. I thought it looked a bit stupid. But I get what they're trying to do. I didn't really do. pay much attention to it, to be honest. The match was good. Ricochet did some amazing things. The finish was amazing, I thought. Right decision. Was great. But what what more do you want? Just so, get I think, to fuck. I think what didn't help was the crowd were a bit 
deflated from the Goldberg bit and how he kept coming back and doing... Well, that will teach you to not get so excited when Goldberg's around. (laughs) And um, the match went 13 minutes, which was longer than the Becky and Natty match. Um, And I just think it didn't hit the heights that people were looking for. And I think part of that is because of the um, the story they tried to tell throughout the match of AJ taking out Ricochet's knee. That's like clipping his wings, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and what you want to see from Ricochet is high flying, and we got a lot of that. And the, the bit where he did the he the one legged step, springboard. Well, he stepped over each member of. Oh right, um, yeah. Well, Gallows and Anderson then did Hurricane Rano on AJ Styles. Like I've never seen that before. And for me, the whole leg story added to the match because then when Ricochet did do his flip, he made shit, it extra special. He made right? it a lot cooler, like like the one legged springboard. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No. And Corey Graves told it as if that was the best thing he'd ever seen. <laughs> So, Corey Gray made a great point. Um, also, he said, if you had apps like Ricochet, why would you why want would to cover them up? Yeah. <laughs> All with fake ones, he said, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a true, good point. I, I personally thought the match was pretty good. Um, the ending was brilliant. Like, that was seamless. It was apps, it was performed perfectly. It was so hard. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what Ricochet was trying to achieve. <laughs> but I thought he was just doing like a phoenix, or like a whisper in the wind. Yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, she caught him. He caught him. And but one it, movement, he was in the Styles Clash. It could have been because he, he caught him, and then like he briefly hits the ground, and then he hits the arms of his legs <clears> and stuff. It could have been very easy just to drop Ricochet on his head. Yeah. But it he didn't. And yeah. It was all seamless, and they got into it very quickly. It wasn't nice. It wasn't like clunky. Yeah. Um, I thought the ending was great. I was really Never great. seen it before. Never. Seen I always it. like seeing a, uh, an innovative in-ring maneuver slash finish. So AJ retained the uh, United States Championship. I think probably we all agree that was the right right decision. Yeah, I think so. Uh, moving on from that, then. So Matt's uh, biggest uh, letdown of the evening, not in terms of match quality, but in terms of result. Bailey defeated Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Fucking Championship. Fucking Ember Moon. And uh, this was the one that you predicted Ember to win, hadn't you, Matt? Yes, and she fucking let me down. Aiden, I bet you were distraught that Bailey won this one based on your rap from last week. No, because it meant that I guaranteed victory in, over Matt. Like, <laughs> all that we would have guaranteed that you victory. you couldn't lose the predictions, is that yeah. what you're trying to say? Because I had, I had a thought. I was like, what if that match goes on first? Because I'm watching the rest of SummerSlam and from the p- predictions perspective is entirely pointless. Yeah. Um, That's the only reason we watch. Yeah. Th- I mean, fucking Bailey, man. <laughs> right, I'm, 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 I'm not having another rant, rant from you this week. Toronto was on my side. Shall I tell you, I tell you why I actually won't remember, Moon? Why is that? Because I thought Sasha was going to come back during the match. Keep Bailey as far away from Sasha as humanly possible. Like on a different show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, I predicted Bailey just because I didn't think Ember Moon was ready for a, a women's championship run at the moment. I mean, when you think about Ember Moon, she um, she lost to Alexa Bliss and Nikki in a tag match. Yeah. Um, she got beaten up by. Uh, who's it she got beaten up by and Bailey had to... Oh, she got beaten up by Natalia and Bailey had to save her. She loses to Bailey, Loses to Charlotte. She's never been in this position in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's been in this position and it's led to Bailey getting a big win on SummerSlam. Yeah. And now you're livid. I mean, just... 
Bailey can have a two and a half month break or sit at home and get paid. <laughs> I really don't understand where your hatred for Bailey's come from. I don't think you used to dislike Bailey. I've never been the biggest fan. I've always said that she's the weakest of the four horsewomen. I've I've never that doesn't make I've I've never it. I've never really got it with her. Um, and yeah, she's not shit. She but she's a shit. <laughs> <laughs> not the shit. No, not the shit. No, she's um, a, she's a shit. Yeah, I just don't like the, the way they book her is too conflicting and confusing. Um, and you could say that about ninety percent. In in ring, I think the gimmick doesn't work in a big audience. If that makes sense. Yeah, which is always the worry from when she came up. And I yeah, I just think I've never really watched one of her matches and been like, oh, that was a really good match. Mm. Like, I've I thought that about, not on the main roster. I thought that about. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of uh, glaring omissions that you're thinking of there. That we're not thinking of. Yeah, obviously you got the NXT one, but mm-hmm. I mean, outside of Sasha, like I've always, I thought that about Sasha. I thought that about Charlotte. I thought that about Becky. I thought that about Alexa. Watching these, some of their matches and being like, "Oh, these matches are great." Um, Can you name a great Alexa Bliss match? Alexa's had some like underrated ones, I think, with people like Sasha. And that's the thing. Bailey's good matches have been with Sasha and Charlotte. Yeah. Name could, name me a proper... You could probably say the same about Becky. Name me a proper... Natalia. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Right. Name me a proper good Bailey match, which involves... I don't know. Someone who's not a four horse, one of the four horse. Well, that's the thing. She doesn't often face She anybody. had a decent one with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, that uh, was a great match. I'm well, a good Almost everyone had a good match with Ronda Rousey. That lasted longer than three minutes. Bailey versus Asuka, yeah, match right. Bailey versus Asuka? Mm. What, in main roster terms? No. Um, no, you're probably right, but then again, how many times, how many matches has she had in, like, big on pay-per-views and stuff that don't feature one of the other four horsewomen? That's what I'm saying. Probably not many. When, when, and, when she, and when she doesn't have one of them alongside her... I don't think she's that good. So I didn't think this match was that bad. I thought it was quite I good. thought the match was alright. The match was fine, and but it was, wasn't... It wasn't one of the four, or isn't one of the four horsemen. Yeah, but I didn't watch this match and think like, oh, that was a really good match. I just thought it was alright. Yeah, well... Yeah, I agree with that, but I would argue that your, uh, your attitude towards Bailey stinks. Alright, well, I, I hope you carry that same energy forward for Matt when he's... Going on one. <laughs> uh, Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon in a match in which, had Kevin Owens lost, he would have quit WWE. Elias was a special guest enforcer. Disappointed by this, anybody? What are these enforcers meant to do? No idea. No idea. Although, on the Wikipedia page, it has a page for special guest enforcer, so let's have a look. Special referee. That's all it means. Yeah. They're there to enforce the rules, but most of the time they break them. All right, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> uh, anybody disappointed in this match? Anybody think that more would have more entertaining, more action, more? No, I liked it. I, I liked the fact that we didn't see a coast to coast or an elbow through the table. Elbow through the table. I, for me. I thought this was booked brilliantly. We couldn't have seen the elbow if Seth was still going to do his 
splash. It would have it would have had to be one of the yeah, but it would have been essentially the same spot and in one night. Although we did see about thirty super kicks. Yeah, um, yeah I thought it was, it was all right. I I did maybe expect a bit more shenanigans. I just think based on what was on the line. T B Q H W Y. TBQ. TBHQWI, to be quite honest with you. That would be to be honest quite with you. No. You said TBHQWI. <laughs> That's still not right. <laughs> to be quite honest with you is what you're trying to say. Anyway. Um, I just felt, well, given what was on the line, and, and Kevin Owens' career was essentially on the line, I just felt like there should have been more desperation, more... It was higher stakes. It should have been more jeopardy. If you take away Goldberg and Dolph, this was the shortest singles match of the night at that point. Yeah, nine minutes, basically. Just a bit over. Um, which is actually, yeah, a bit longer than what well, came later, but much shorter than most. So, um, yeah, I just felt like maybe this felt a little bit throwaway based on what was on the line and the feud that led up to it as well. I don't know if there are any time constraints. Maybe. Um, Could be. Yeah, I I would have just maybe I don't know what really, but I would have maybe thought that there'd be a few more shenanigans. Yeah, maybe Drew McIntyre, maybe. Or like. Um, to be fair, I liked them trying to get Kevin Owens to disqualify. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, I thought that bit was alright. Then maybe um, uh, Shane suddenly changing the rules mid match to say now it's an ODQ or something. Yeah. I don't know. And which I, I, it what, takes away a, a way in which that Kevin Owens could lose, but yeah. um, help Shane in a way he could win. Yeah. But I think um, what what was missing was like near falls from Shane. Like there weren't. I can't picture many, if I'm honest. Like proper near falls where we thought, oh shit, Kevin actually might He's lose. He's in jeopardy. There wasn't any of that, and I just felt like we all predicted Kevin Owens to win. But it might have been nice to be felt to be suckered in a little bit. Because I I think as well if you had that thing where Shane changes the rules and makes it an ODQ, you can have Kevin Owens do the low blow straight in front of the referee mm. and have it like oh Shane's rules has backfired. backfired that would be a good story. Uh, but no. But maybe even have Shane go for it mid match. Kevin evades it or something or grabs yeah. his leg. Yeah. Um, I mean to be fair, I quite like the ending. That that boot to the balls looked pretty bad. Um, and then the stunner to it. Shane took a stunner once uh, correctly for once. He's only fucked up with one. He's, al- uh, he's always been, like I said the other week, he's yeah, always he's been Yeah, he did have good stunners, to be fair. Especially when he's got a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... He's got a good spit action. Brilliant. <laughs> That's uh, what comes with one of his action figures. <laughs> with spit action. <laughs> right, moving on then. So Trish Stratus made her return and eventual departure from the ring. Uh, in a match against Charlotte Flair. Was anybody pleasantly surprised by this? Yes. Heck yeah. I was. I thought this was really good. I thought this was actually one of the, the way it built one of the better matches of the night. Yeah, definitely. Um, fair play, Trish. Fair play, Trish, but well done, Charlotte. Oh, I think yeah, definitely. Charlotte, at points, carried her through this match. And not no disrespect to Trish. But she's not an athlete on the same level as Charlotte Flair. And 42. She she's 42 years old dude. come on um, but she did remarkably well and Charlotte did remarkably well for someone of her limited years and I know she's been in high profile matches for a few years now of experience Charlotte Flair carried this match like a pro like a like a vet 
Not an actual vet, like a veteran. <laughs> Not a veterinarian. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good. It was a good match. I like the way it built. Um, it was competitive throughout, but it, it it didn't feel to me anyway. It didn't feel unrealistic. No, I don't think so. I think Charlotte did the right amount of dominating, and uh, she just got caught out a couple of times, which led to you know Trish getting up her hand a little bit. Yeah, uh, she put her in the figure eight. Uh, Trish put Charlotte in the figure eight. I should add. And I kind of had another Becky Natty moment, and I thought, no. <laughs> um, I thought, I don't know whether this was intentional or not, but I thought it was really good that she did the figure eight, she did the bridge for a bit, and then had to stop the bridge because it takes so much out of you. Yeah. And they, Corey Graves or something said that it has expends so much energy, mm. and in my mind anyway, got over how strong and how much of an athlete Charlotte is to be yeah. able to just do it, never needing to stop, really. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was intentional or not, if she was literally just too tired, but I like that bit. Yeah, I thought that was that was the great part of the story that, that I think they tried to tell throughout the match. That Charlotte is a superior athlete. Trish is, you know, she's got spunk, not oi oi. She's got fighting spirit. Um, but she's not the athlete that Charlotte Flair is, especially not at her age now, and that was ultimately her undoing. And that's not a disgrace to go out that way, because age catches up with us all. I think that was a great story that they were telling. Yeah. Um, Matt, your take? No, I thought it was... I was surprised, because I said going into this, I thought, Trish Stratus is going to be a bit shit. And it might look a bit shit. But actually, they pulled off a really good competitive match that, like, at no point did I go, oh, God, that looked awful. Oh, she looked like she shouldn't be in the ring. Yeah. No, she 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 kind of looked not rusty in any way, shape or form. There was one moment where uh, Charlotte was on the outside of the ring. Like, she just knocked Charlotte to the outside. And um, Trish was kind of like lining up a move, and I was like, "Please don't have Trish do a suicide dive." <laughs> and she ran and she did, did like a drop basement kick, drop yeah, kick yeah, thing yeah. through the ropes. I was like, "Oh, thank fuck for that!" Right, I thought we were going to get another Brie moment. <laughs> Brie moment. Um, yeah, no, we did. But what we did get was a really great match, and kudos to Trish for coming out and putting on a great show at her age. Um, and I think. I hope it's her last ever match because this would be a great way for her to go out. Yeah, and in the same, pretty sure anyway, same arena. Might just be same town actually. She retired. No, it was the same arena. Um, I think she mentioned that. There are, her, there is talk of her doing one more, isn't there, at WrestleMania? <laughs> Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no, just let her go. Like she did well. I, no, I think she should. She should just give it in now. Just go out while you're on top. That's what Ride off into the sunset, as yeah. Stone Cold would say. Right. Uh, something that got a lot of people riled up online on the social. Kofi Kingston, well, versus Randy Orton, ending in a double countout. Um, for a WWE Championship match that went 17 minutes, a double countout felt like a bit of a ripoff. And I didn't really buy the. Um, the explanation from Kofi either like it just yeah he looked at your family yeah Randy Orton's threatening but 
What are the chances he's going to do anything to your kids? <laughs> like, he's not a kiddie fiddler. And to be honest, the, um, the, <laughs> the count out and all Horton. that. <laughs> the count out and all that <laughs> happened um, about three seconds after that, way before the whole beatdown thing. Yeah. So, um, I think Corey tried to spin it in a way that maybe Ran- even Randy got so caught up in it. Yeah, with trying to play mind games that he, yeah. he just took his eye off the ball and forgot about the whole count. Yeah, okay. well, this, is, this is what I didn't really understand. Someone of Randy Orton's, like, he's meant to be like a student of the game. He's meant to be like crafty. He wouldn't just get himself counted out. Like, that's, like especially if he's not champion. But, I mean, at, fair, at the same this time... A, this is one match. I was doing some work on the computer and I sort of wasn't... I didn't have my full attention and they were like, it's a double count. I was like, what? Yeah. What happened there now? <clears throat> I mean, at the same time, he might have just assumed, um, because, I mean, you see what happened in the main event where Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar were on the outside for about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Referee didn't count once. And then, as soon as Brock got back in the ring, Heyman was like, count him out, count him out. Yeah. So maybe they were just like, oh, referees, you know, way. it's a championship <clears throat> match. Referees' discretion. Yeah. And the referee was not having any of it. <laughs> not having any. We've got a show. We've got fucking rules. It's three and a half hours, people. <laughs> We've got rules here, man. Stick with it. Like, I never get to count to ten. Watch me. <laughs> and then, yeah, Kofi just uh, waylaid around your one with a kendo stick or a Singapore cane, depending on what you want to call it. I haven't said that in ages, have they? No. Um, MJ just beat the shit out of him. I thought, bit of overkill, mate. Overdoing it. The crowd did not like this at no. all. Bullshit was the word of the day. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't the best. That was this was the lowest point of Slam Slam for me. I think the the next match cheered him up. Well, I would thought so. Uh, speaking of, so Finn Balor dressed all in white. R.I.P. 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 Finn uh, went one on one with the Fiend, the Bray Wyatt, making his redebut. The Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I didn't say that. The fiend, the fiend, the Bray Wyatt. Oh, did I? <laughs> uh, the fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, making his re-debut on the main roster. And what did what did we make of the fiend? What what have we made of the fiend so far? You know what? Shit. I'm gonna. <laughs> I didn't like it. I loved it. Hey, fucking Silent <laughs> Cow over here. Yes. Um, Come on. I thought his entrance and his post-match thing. Exit. It was, and I think it'd be an understatement to say, is the cinema, cinematic masterpiece. The way it was shot, it was shot differently to everything else at the show. The angles, the... Yeah, some, like, something about the camera shots. They, they went really close up. They went really close up, but it just looked as it looked as if it was pre-produced. It looked as if it was a video package yeah. that they made in the studio. Yeah, but it was happening live in front of your eyes. What was it? Um, of course, it was. Um, but yeah, the, the whole look, the music, the crowd was into it. The fucking lamp. <laughs> Now we know what Luke Harper's up to. It gives a whole new meaning to the word headlight. Hey. Come on. You stole that from somewhere. No, I did not. I saw that somewhere. No. I made that up literally right now. Uh, I definitely saw that exact same joke somewhere. No. Um, yeah, I loved it. 
I liked Finn also being in all white. I don't know if that was purpose, like if that was on purpose or not, but it was the, like the antithesis. Scene. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I like, I love the fact that Corey Graves pointed out that uh, Finn can obviously tap into this demon character. And so why, why hasn't and he done, done it? it? Yeah, <laughs> no one's ever pointed that out on commentary before. But we always say it. Like, why wouldn't he just do that for every match? He'd probably win everything. And Corey, uh, not Corey Graves, uh, Coachman said something stupid on the pre-show. That's that's not right. He doesn't do anything he, stupid. He essentially went to say the same thing as what Corey said. Mm. But I feel like maybe halfway through, he, they, in his ear, they were like, don't. Mm. Because he went, and we know that Finn Balor can do things. <laughs> Extraordinary. And then things. moved on. That was yeah. that was the end of the, of the segment. He was like, we know he can do things. <laughs> we are aware that he does stuff. Um, the only thing that ruined, not ruined, I didn't ruin it at all, but the only thing I didn't like about um, the whole themed presentation and stuff um, was just the, the commentary, something about the commentary. Oh, I mean, yes. I, I, the thing is, Michael Cole. Michael Cole. <laughs> I just, in what way? I didn't. I didn't know. I think I was too enthralled in watching the fiend and everything, he, and his mannerisms and everything he did. I wasn't really listening to any country other than Corey Graves at that part. At no point. Well, I should just add. At no point do I recall Renee Young being on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she, she did was. anything. Because every time Corey said loads of things about Canada. Um, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Which, by the way, he had a line. Oh, Renee was like. Um, I can't remember which match it was, um, but Renee was like, "Yeah, every everybody in town's been talking about this match. I've been going to oh, this right, place yeah. and this place <laughs> and this place." Corey's like, well, "I think the one thing we just learned is that Renee's an alcoholic." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the commentary. Just, at no point throughout this match did I did the commentary add anything to like to say like why Finn should be terrified. It was just kind of like Michael Cole being like, this is weird. <laughs> Bray Wyatt's really weird. <laughs> He's wacky. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have fucking Michael loved... Cole doing Michael Cole things, really, isn't it? I would have fucking loved Mauro or something to be on on this match. Yeah. Would have been nice. But he's not... Yowie, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Bray Wyatt tried to kill Finn Balor by breaking his neck, but that didn't work. Um, so he why does no other wrestler do that because <laughs> it's attempted murder it hasn't stopped someone trying to kill Roman Reigns that's that's a very good point you're right is uh, the tombstone pile driver not attempted murder no because you know, top of the head then why does it hurt <laughs> it doesn't that's the problem uh, Goldberg well yeah or Aiden English or Kane back in the day yeah Aiden English Remember the greatest Royal Rumble? Dumped Aiden English right on his head when he had a casket match with Rusev. Oh, yes, I do, yeah. Ouchie. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? The... Oh, yeah, he beat him with the Mandible Claw, didn't he? And then pinned him, which was an interesting take. Yeah, he passed out. He pinned him whilst he passed out, which, strictly speaking, the referee should, should have called it when he was passed out. Which but... he didn't didn't do for Trish when she was doing the figure four. And was just lying on the floor. Corey Graves was like, she's pinning herself. <laughs> she is pinning herself right now. Um, they have Mick Foley on the pre-show actually talking about the Mandible Claw. Yeah. Which is quite interesting to hear from his perspective. Yeah, what he said. 
Um, they just asked him, they, they were saying how um, over the years you were able to um, re... What's the word? Remake yourself. Reinvent. Reinvent. That's what I'm looking for. So he was able to do that, and um, a key feature of that was the mandible claw. Um, and he was just talking about like, the whole reason why he did that was to, to do a move that he could use on The Undertaker that would get in his head and stuff. But mm. they were talking about why it is such a devastating hold because it applies the pressure to different various points. Um, he was saying that he puts these two, thing- two middle fingers under your tongue and pressures down on the pressure point under your tongue and uses the thumb to push up on the press point under your neck, under your chin. Uh, um, when squeezed together, it's like a proper debilitating hole or something. Right. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like when you try to... Um, what's the... I mean, there's an easy way to get out of it, though, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, we'll just... Fucking bites. Kick him in the balls or something. <laughs> well, that's a disqualification. Yeah, but if I'm going to die... <laughs> You're not going to die. <laughs> you know what? Try to kill him once. It's just bite him. It's bite the fingers. Maybe that's why Mick found his fingers taped so heavily. Maybe. And the fiend feels no pain. I mean, he does. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, I loved it. I've, I bloody loved the fiend. I loved the entrance. I loved the theme. I loved the presentation. I love the fact that he beat Finn Balor in three minutes, 25 seconds. Uh, you know what I'm really surprised about? What's that? How quick he is. He's always been quick, though. Yeah, he's always... Isn't he? Yeah, but he seems a lot quicker. Well, he's slimmer. He's more toned. I think he's more athletic looking now. I'm, Just looks great, to be honest. I haven't been so kind of um, captivated. I was a little bit in awe. Yeah, yeah that's why I felt like. Just it, I, ha- I haven't been so captivated, especially by an entrance in a long time. Yeah. I think probably, I mean... When Undertaker came out Raw after Mania, that was kind of captivating for me because I'd never seen it before, but in person. But yeah. I'd seen the entrance before. But I can't remember the last time I'd just sit and watch him wrestling thinking like, I can't like, wait to see this fucking entrance. awesome. Yeah. But, you know, like when it was happening. Oh, right, yeah. Like, I can't take my eyes off of this. Yeah. No, it was really good. I, I was just watching him really closely just to look at his mannerisms because I know he obviously has put a lot of effort into this character and he seems like the sort of person who would... would would hide little things in that maybe not everyone would see on the face of on the face of it. Um, I like the little moment where he, he seemed conflicted in his head before the hurt so, and the heel, the hurt and the heel thing, and then he what well, we went with hurt because that's when he tried to break Finn Balor's neck, pretty much. Yeah, and do you know who else loved this? Well, not maybe not necessarily this because I haven't seen it. But I do. Tasha, mm-hmm. she loves the fiend. The Tash, not in that way. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, because I, I, I sent her that artwork that I sent you to, um, that I saw on Twitter, which Bray Wyatt had responded to, said it was great. Um, Stay in character. <laughs> you should have just called it Yowie Wowie. <laughs> um, he doesn't stay in character at all because he was on about, you know, that. Did anyone else see that thing on YouTube about that woman that beat her dog? That what? Beat her dog? Oh, right, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He like replied to that and was like, "I want your dog right now." Like oh. being a nice person. One on one. No, he wanted to adopt. He said. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. So I was um, showed Tasha the drawings, and she was like, "Oh, those are really cool." And I was like, "What if I told you I was actually a wrestler?" 
she was like, I'm like, oh, what does he look like? So I sent him pictures. She was just like, oh, I'd love, because she's good at art and shit. She is very good at that art and she shit. like, I'd love to do some art of that. So I explained to her why he's, why he's like this and sent her the video of the Firefly Funhouse episode where he revealed himself to be the fiend, which I thought was maybe a bit of a risk because of the whole Firefly Funhouse thing of him being a kid's TV presenter. Yeah. So I had to explain it to her. Um, and she just comes back with, I love it. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. I love it. <laughs> That's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to send, I'm going to show her some more things further down the line. You're going to show her the fiend. I, wanna show, I, was, I wanted to show her the entrance, um, but I couldn't get a good video of just the entrance. Or the whole thing, anyway. Anybody else love the fact that he's kept the music, but just remixed it? Yeah. Yep, loved it. Well, that was great. The crowd loved it as well. They popped for that. As soon as they heard, as soon as they recognised the lyrics, they were like, "Oh yeah, we we like this." And didn't we all? Uh, right, moving on then. Last match of the evening: Seth Rollins is your new WWE Universal Champion, having defeated Brock Lesnar clean. Well, none of us saw this coming, did we? No, did not. We were all a little bit fucked with this one, weren't we? You more so than others. Yeah, the rest not, of us, not really. You. You, uh, We'd you already won by this point. Fucked up your Ember Moon one, didn't you? Um, but yeah, Seth Rollins is new Universal Champion. With the We've now gone back to where we were a couple of months ago. <laughs> with the exception of the Kofi non-finish, this is the only one we didn't get right. Yeah, that's true. As in me and Ali. Did you know that? So I I went with my predictions I put on, uh, and I went on Skybet and put all the bets on. And I Do you would... actually bet? No, I don't. Oh. I didn't put them on. Uh, I just wanted to see how much money I would make if I did get it all right. If I put £1 on each one, so that was £10, I would have won £13. <laughs> That's how shit the odds were. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but couldn't you have done it as an accumulator? Yeah, that's what it was. What, 13 quid on an accumulator? Well, on all the ones, on all of the all, predictions that all you All 10 bet. matches, 13 quid. That's how shit the odds were. I guess what a load of bollocks. I guess that there was quite a few obvious results in there that probably didn't help. But I just thought, come on, that's a bit stingy. I know it's wrestling and there's <laughs> there's an element of pre predeterminedness. Only an element. Um, but yeah, a bit stingy. I feel like getting all ten right would have been like been yeah. Like ten achievement. matches is a lot to get right. Yeah, apparently not, isn't it, Matt? Um, not to mention the ones that we didn't actually. No, we're happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the women's tag team one on the kickoff, which for Lex listening across one. What, what do we make of Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar as their match, first of all? I. It was a good match. Didn't really like it. Really? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for I'm just, I'm just really, really glad that we finally got a proper fucking match at yeah. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. This is why he's held in such high regard. It was still a Brock Lesnar type match, but it was a proper match. Yeah, it was still eighty percent Lesnar, if not more. Yeah. But we got thirteen and a half minutes out of him. Yeah. Wow. That's more than Sable gets. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day. Um, Yeah, I I enjoyed this match again a little bit like the, the Ziggler Goldberg thing when Seth hit the stomp at the beginning this one I I, this one I I more felt was going to happen 
purely because it's a Brock Lesnar match. Yeah. I hadn't checked to see how long was remaining. Mm-hmm. I just assumed about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this one I thought more like, was more likely to happen than, than the Ziggler one. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this match. It had me on, it had me on tender hooks, so to speak, um, throughout the whole thing because you just, I personally thought Brock was going to win. There was times that during well, the match well. where Seth seemed like he was going to win. There was times during the match where Brock seemed like he was going to win. And then Seth fucking won. And that's exactly what you want from a wrestling match. A roller coaster of emotions. Roller coaster. Um, great stuff. I thought it was great. Well, what do we make of Seth as champion? I know we've only just had it. Um, he's only just lost it. I mean, to be honest, the crowd reaction... At first, wasn't good, yeah. especially when he had that thing with Bret Hart, where they showed him on the on the screen. Yeah, there was a fair amount of booze. I mean, they did that on purpose, uh, by the way. Yeah, Bret Hart thing. yeah, definitely. Um, which, by the way, I've seen a lot of articles lately, especially in the last month, to say WWE is desperately trying to get Seth Rollins over as a babyface. Seth Rollins is over as a babyface. He's not not over. Just... He's up and from for the last year and a half, he's been their biggest and most popular babyface. Just because lately there's been a little bit of like eh, towards him. Well, it's, I think it, most of it's to do with his social media activity. Yeah. Um... I mean, he doesn't seem necessarily like the greatest person outside of the ring, but from, in terms of. I don't know. I don't know. He seems like a nice person. He seems like, like, like alright. It's late. It's like. People like to shit on the WWE, and Seth Rollins has defended WWE, so automatically that makes him the enemy now. But I mean, like in terms of um, people didn't like the fact that he came out and said he didn't necessarily really agree with intergender wrestling. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, he didn't say he doesn't agree with it. He says he doesn't find it realistic. He, he said we're entertainment, but we need to keep an element of realism in our industry. To which people have been saying because he said that we, 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 men we're typically stronger mm. faster heavier quicker all that kind of stuff yeah to which people are like well you're going against Brock Lesnar who is stronger faster <laughs> all that kind of stuff like more legitimate you're currently injured yeah so, yeah, yeah so. but I mean the hate for Seth Rollins the character is a bit strange I think because they haven't done anything to suggest that he would get booed I don't think they've over pushed him he certainly warrants the push anyway because he's talented as fuck. Um, but I think yeah, I think it's more a personal thing. Did you hear Becky talking to uh, our mate James Dilo? Oh, she went in on it, didn't she? Just, about uh, their relationship. Yeah, oh, she, she? talking about their relationship thing, and she was like, because um, he said like, were well, you apprehensive about doing this kind of storyline to begin with? And she was like, uh, initially I was, but then I watched. Um, like the Avengers and so these people are badass people like saving the world um, but they're still like people getting off of each other and stuff um, and she, she was saying like how cool it was that these this couple would still be side by side kicking ass and saving the world um, so she kind of she came around to the idea of it she was like um, as long as all I wanted was for it not to just be like did you know these guys are a relationship yeah, by the yeah. way? Oh, and this is Seth, Seth Rollins' girlfriend and this is Becky Lynch's boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And she, and she was like, was luckily that didn't happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> he went, went, your relationship with Seth Rollins, and she was like, how do you know? <laughs> Not like they talk about it every five minutes. 
Sorry to just slowly sense the camera. And luckily, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, which it definitely did. It definitely did. I didn't see that, but I did see an interview with her, and I'm not sure who it was by, where she it was just sat down. Well, not about Sasha, about the women's... She she didn't do an interview. It was a promo. She basically cut a promo and in an interview on the whole women's division, which if you haven't seen, it's probably worth going back and having a look. She went, she went off. <laughs> she did one on Sky Sports about Sasha. Mm, I've not seen that. Someone someone just asked her, like, um, um, would you want to wrestle Sasha Banks for the title? And she was like... She, yeah, she then proceeded just to do, like, two minutes straight of her, like, yeah, like wherever she is if she wants to come back and lose to me then yeah whatever like as long as she doesn't run off again and cry whenever she loses and blah 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 like she just went in um, and got a bit of a traction on social media on the social to which in the last few days anyway Sasha has like responded to anyway yes definitely um, I think this weekend has been a good one for Becky Lynch she's she's done she performed well she won uh, she's done interviews left right and centre when she's She's come across like a badass bitch, really. Um, you saying badass bitch doesn't come across as badass? Well, it's supposed to. It's supposed to come as rather badass. She is a badass. The way you, the way you said that reminded me of Michael Cole. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> she is a badass bitch, guys. Oh, you are the, the Michael Cole of the PWP, aren't you? Yeah. No. You're the voice no. of the PWP. I'm the Tom Phillips. <laughs> as long as I'm not the Byron Saxon, <laughs> I'll be anyone other than Byron Saxon. Well, look at which one's, which one's got the tattoos. Man. So you're not the Corey Graves. And if sarcasm. I'm the Tom Phillips, you're tanned enough to be Byron Saxon. I'd, I'd rather be Renee. <laughs> Let me be Nigel. I would love to be Renee. <laughs> Let me be Nigel. <laughs> no. I'd love to be Nigel anyway. Yeah, I know. But I'll be Nigel. No, you're Byron Saxon. I want to be Shut Cor- up, Byron. I want to be Corey. <laughs> Shut up, Byron. <laughs> I've got the hair that you used to have. I've got the sarcasm. Um, also, Carmella's fit. Sorry, Byron. Maybe you could be David or Tucker. Matt should be Byron. <laughs> he still lives with his mum. <laughs> Sorry, how, how long have you been moved out for? A year. Hold well up. So come back to me when you've done ten years. I own this place, bitch. Fuck it out. Well, you know you don't own it. Forty percent. And you're still paying it. Oh yeah. You do own it if, you, if you're still paying it off. Exactly. Anyway, you know, right. you stop paying, they so- repossess it. So that, you don't own it. Therefore, I think I'm Corey Graves, right? No. Why? <laughs> Neither, none of us are anyone, all right? We're, we're all ourselves. What we can all agree on is that you're Michael Cole. <laughs> no, we cannot agree on that, all right? I'd rather be Mauro, and that's saying something, because he's a bit over the top. Tom Phillips, for me, straight down the middle, not too annoying. <laughs> yeah, but Tom Phillips has got a good voice. He's got a TV voice. And so have I. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there we go. Right, NXT TakeOver. Let's go on to that because um, that was that was brilliant. Uh, the first match of the evening, the tag team match time. between Street Profits and Undisputed Era. I thought this was brilliant. I thought one of the best matches of the whole weekend. Yeah, all right. Brilliant. And moving on from that then. Matt, what did you think? 
I know you love Undisputed Era. They didn't win this one, which was not what we saw coming. It was not, but I did love the Street Profits. Yeah, I thought, I thought they were brilliant. And I loved his like, nod to The Rock and the Fog Splash. Just... I just love his... his. He, he obviously loved the industry. Yeah. Like when we did. Yeah. And he just nods to that all the time. Well, he's crazy talented, like, so athletic and charismatic. And he's big. Like, I didn't realise how big he was. Tall as fuck, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, Angelo Dawkins, for me, is um, one of the luckiest people in the world. Tell me about it. Um, he's all right. But, I mean, like, he's been there forever and didn't do fuck all till Monet's four come around. Um, yeah, I mean... Always been a massive fan of the Street Profits. Um, I actually watched the entirety of Takeover live with Tasha. I've been that massive fan of them. You didn't go and see them because when we we were holding the queue for, yeah, we for were, to we see were. if Be Done would come back. Yeah, you weren't that bothered about seeing Pete Dunne because you ran off to see Adam Cole, then came back, and then ran off to see the Street Profits. <laughs> That's the story of how Matt doesn't have his title signed. (laughs) And he's on three titles and will eventually get one signed. One of these days. He's going to work his way through every title until he's on like the 205, the Cruiserweight (laughs) title. Anybody please just sign something. You buy the 24-7 one now, can't you? It's like $350 or something. Yeah, I would imagine that should be a bit cheaper. (laughs) Um, But anyway, back to TakeOver. Yeah, it's Brilliant a bit match. of a surprising really result. Really surprising result, considering I think we all thought Street Profits would lose. And seeing as they're on the main roster, kinda, yeah. kinda, <laughs> are they? Um, but yeah, it turns out Undisputed Era didn't want the smoke. They didn't. Want that, but they they wanted the smoke. They got the smoke. Um, Candice LeRae versus Yoshirai. One of my favourite matches of the weekend. I don't think it was necessarily one of the best. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I just like I love this Yoshirai character. This new gimmick, and I just like seeing Candice LeRae go out there and be like just her. Yeah, she put a tweet out saying that, like, even though she lost, she just was glad that she finally got to be Candice LeRae. Yeah, and that's that was what I was hoping for. Like, this was this a good, for this me was really good match. Was the most before going into it, I thought mm, this is gonna be all right. Coming out of it, I was like, damn, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was really great. I love Yoshirai's whole um, presentation at the moment. The music, the attire. Um, just when she was walking, the laughing like, at the end, stomping down to the ring and just kind of looked like she was just losing, like in a turmoil, losing her mind, um, and the screaming throughout the match and stuff. And yeah, like it was just all good stuff. Yeah, and this was Candice LeRae's takeover debut, right? Yeah, she's been in, in terms of wrestling. Yeah, yeah wrestling. She's been in the company for a little while a now, year and so a half. I'm surprised at, at that. Um, but yeah, no, it's I thought it was a really great match. And it went 15 minutes, so, you know, a bit of time, which, you know, is always the benefit with takeovers because every match it's gets time. women's title match. Yeah, exactly. And it was a lot better as well. Um, moving on to the next one. So the, the triple threat for the, the reason for that. North American Championship Uh Currently held by Velveteen Dream, still held by Velveteen Dream because he defeated both Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne in another really, what an really great match. What an entrance as well! Yeah, brilliant. Dream is a superstar. 
totally forgot that theme tune. You what, sorry? I totally forgot about that theme tune. <laughs> this was, um... The Bounty! This was difficult to explain to Tasha. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, well... <laughs> um, but, yeah. I don't know if this... The match was good. I don't know if it was as good as maybe I thought it was going to be. I don't know what it was. It could have been a lot better, maybe, I think. I don't particularly know what was missing. Like, if you were to ask me what would I have done differently or something, I don't know. Um, I, just... I wouldn't have made it a triple threat, if I'm honest. Yeah, I would, I would have... I would have liked just Dream Strong one-on-one, um, seeing they had more of the story going into it. I understand why they put Pete Dunne in and why he was in this particular match with the whole story of Roderick Strong. But yeah, it just it was still really good and watching it, I had fun watching it. Um, I, I felt like all of the guys after would fucking feel him sore as hell. Um, oh yeah, they went. They probably went in hard on each other. Yeah, that that's the um, that's one of the fun things about watching it with Tasha is that she um, she like flinches at all of the hard shots and all the kicks and like every time you hear a noise, she's always like, oh, like. As if it's someone that legitimately just been punched in the face or kicked. Had that thing kicked. that I sent you when he was. Oh, when he stomped when him he on kicked the floor. Oh, it just looked so vicious. Yeah, it looked brutal. Um, yeah, it was still a good match, but I kind of was maybe hoping for a little bit better. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I just think there was. You're right, and there probably was something missing. I just don't really know what it was. I think there's a couple of times throughout the night where like the street for uh, street profits finish finished on a frog splash, which I don't think I've ever seen them win a match with before. Mm. This match finished on on the elbow drop, but it, it 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 was kind of sudden and out of nowhere and stuff. And I guess it kind of worked, but I would have maybe liked a bit more of a definitive finish. Yeah. Um. And I thought the finish of the main event was a bit weak. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally, I, I kind of agree. I think maybe the crowd were a little bit low on this one. I don't know why. Um, maybe just a bit worn. Takeover. Out. I can, I can vouch for it. It, it takes a lot out of you. Emotionally draining. Um, if you proper get sucked into it, like I did at WrestleMania, when your it wears you out for a whole weekend. <laughs> Childhood hero. <laughs> um, but yeah, Velveteen Dream retained. Um, I'm sure we'll, we've not seen the last of Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong in that sort of scene. I was, was going to say, they're not... Well, dead. the interview after, Pete Dunne was like, I'm going to do everything I can to get that title. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and I didn't even know that. I just predicted it would happen. Um, Shayna Baszler defeated Maya. Mia, Maya. I never know if she's Mia or Maya. Mia. Mia, Mia Yim. You were Yim? Yowie yeah, wowie. Uh, in, full of NXT Women's Championship. It's went almost 15 minutes. And I, I just This is the, the one match of the whole weekend where I kind of just switched off almost completely. Not literally, but... I do not like my... 
I really don't like Mia Yip. Did I say this last week on the podcast? I think I, think I did. You did yes. um, yeah, I did. And I also I put this on Twitter as well. I just I just can't get into I I can't get into. Her. I think she's really cringy, and I don't think her in ring work is that good. Mm. And for as good as Shayna Baszler is, for her matches to be towards the match of the night caliber, she needs a kind of an Ember Moon, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae kind of. Yeah. Ilk. Yeah. The kind of the same the same thing we say around like John Cena. She looked she looked so pissed off at the end of it. But I mean like, like she knew that. it was a bad match. Like we say this with John Cena where when he has matches against guys like Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and those kind of guys, the matches are amazing. But when he's got a match with I don't know, say Rusev or Seamus or maybe something like that then they're alright but they're nothing special yeah so yeah I just felt like me and him was just not the right opponent or calibre yeah um, I would I, would I don't necessarily it. see who's in, like, I mean you've got Candice LeRae like in terms of who hasn't already faced her you've got Candice LeRae but I did like the ending though match in about six years yeah go on Matt I did like the ending of the match I thought that was quite um What's the word I'm looking for? I can't quite remember the Inventive. Ending I liked the ending. Because um, she couldn't use... Chelsea couldn't use her arms, so she just thought... She had to use my legs. submission with her legs. Ah, right, yeah. yeah. I liked the ending um, mainly because it was over. <laughs> and me, I am lost. Brilliant. But Shayna Baszler is my new, one of my new favourite wrestlers. She's been champion now, like, in terms of all of her range. She's essentially been the champion for about two years. Yeah, it's been a long, well, a long old. I say two years since Mania last year. I think is when she won it. Yeah, um, but she's been in every she'd be, title. She beat Ember Moon for it, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So that's how long she's had it because Ember Moon's been on the main roster for eighteen months or whatever. So yeah, she's been in every title match at Takeover since then. So yeah, and Evolution. And Evolution, yeah, I forgot about that match. That was good. Um... Moving on to the, to the last match, the uh, two out of three falls match. Which... What a shit match this was. Uh, Awful. I mean, you're, you're joking. This was this was a excellent match, which had almost everything, and yet still somehow I just I don't put it right up there. If I'm honest, for whatever reason, I don't know what was missing, but it had almost everything. I loved it. I mean, I I did love it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great match. I was fully, I was fully hooked, and they had a line and stink. I um, they announced the uh, I watched a bit of the pre-show live on this as well. Did I watch? No, I watched the whole thing. Um. They announced the third stipulation on the pre-show. Yeah, I didn't know that until I was watching TakeOver. Um, I was thinking leading up to it, and I was going to send a message to you guys, that I thought that maybe the third stipulation would be loser leaves NXT. Mm, that would make sense. Um, but, they, yeah, they unveiled this weird contraption. Mm. Uh, I wasn't too keen on the cage with the weapons on it, if I'm honest. It just made me hark back to the Jericho-Ambrose match. But 
Yeah, I mean, they made great use of it. So fair play to them. Uh, we we all think the the crowd and each of us. Although actually, I say each of us, the crowd were disappointed, and Matt, you were disappointed that the bag that Johnny Gargano reached for didn't have. Uh, was it Johnny Gargano or Adam Cole? Johnny Gargano didn't Johnny have thumbtacks, you know, or pins, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Aiden and I probably were quite relieved. <laughs> um, because I dislike that spot. I don't dislike it. It makes me cringe. It's one of the only spots which makes me cringe. Yeah. Um, and they're like, hit someone over the head with barbed wire, it's fine. I know it's not going to happen to me, <laughs> but I could easily step on a thumbtack. Yeah. Um, I'd well, be powerbombed on one. I wasn't or thousands. glad that it wasn't them, but I, it just didn't feel like the kind of the, the two kind of guys who I would associate with that. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like it needed it either. No. Um, in retrospect um, could it just been a toolbox instead or literally just the pliers themselves rather yeah. than teasing a bag and yeah, just putting yeah. some pliers <laughs> um, I, I thought about it because I was looking at it and thinking how are they going to use it how are they going to use it as dead thumbtacks I thought as soon as Johnny could kind of put them on the floor he's going to get slammed the rest of the undisputed era are going to come out and be, plead with him not, not, not to do it yeah that makes sense um, did anybody else? So during one of the falls, it might have been the second one. It must have been the second one actually, because Johnny Gargano. I think he was spent a long time with the ring apron up, like so he was getting stuff from under the ring, and there was a monitor under the ring. Um, no, you thought there was someone under the ring. Yeah, why would there be a monitor under the ring if there was no one under the ring? Maybe there is someone under the ring. But who? Because don't they during just holding the ring. You know, during the ring changes and the spots. They may have had someone under there for the cage coming down. Maybe. All the referees came out, though, didn't they, and did it all? They looked um, like they fucked it up, though, to be fair, because they kept panning away from yeah, them. Yeah, they, they spent a lot of time not showing them doing it. I guess they didn't want it to look too, like, clunky, I guess. Um, but it went well in the end. What did we make of the of the finish? Well, I loved it. Who who performed the move? <laughs> they just kind of fell. There wasn't really a move. It was Gargano was trying to use the barbed wire on Cole. Cole blocked it, mm. and I guess in each other in Gargano's attempt to push and Cole's attempt to push away, they both decided I did to love jump. The, uh, <laughs> the crowd when they were like, "Please don't die!" Yeah, because <laughs> one of the, one of the first things I saw when when the, they started the match in the cage was oh, there's like a platform over in yeah. that corner. Well, it was a table, but it was a platform it disguised a as table. a table. Yeah. Well, it was grey at least, and it was a it lot. Was, it was a lot thicker than a normal yeah, table. Yeah, it was a proper, it was a proper metal one. Yeah. Um, I assumed that Gargano was going to go up and dive. Yeah. Um, I don't know which. Um, they, they, this version was probably better. Yeah. Um, they missed the table though. They missed one of them. And Adam Cole ended up with a nasty, nasty gash on his back. Yeah. Um, Have you seen uh, the interviews after? No, not seen. With Triple H. No. So some bloke tries to say that blood and guts, um, blood and guts, and all this was used, and he he was like, nobody bled at any point. And this bloke was not having any of it, and he was like, well, at the end. Adam Cole's back was all cut open. He was like, really? You're going to have a go at me for 
Adam Cole's back being bad after he bust through a table. <laughs> who was having? Who was he having this conversation with? It was because they do a media thing after, don't they? They do always do that. Yeah, after every takeover, they do a media thing, and Triple H comes out and talks to them all. All right, I've never seen that. Like what Tony Khan does, or what they do on in, in AEW. Hmm. No. Have a listen to Gorilla Position. It's he's got it on there. All oh, right. Yeah, he looks probably fed up with it though. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You probably would be fed up with the same questions, same criticisms, wouldn't you? You can't really criticise much of NXT, to be honest. As a whole, what do we think of the show? Good. I'll be honest. Good to great. Probably, for me, up there with the weakest takeover of the year. Mm. I know what was only probably the the fourth. Was it the fourth? Because we had 25. Oh, yeah. Um, So I'd I'd probably put it at the bottom of the list, to be honest. There wasn't anything that was bad about it. It's just NXT standards are so high. Mm. And there was just a couple of things where I felt like, oh, that ended a bit short or it, it wasn't quite as good as I was anticipating. And, yeah. I, don't know, I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, it's just... Yeah. And did Tasha enjoy it? Yeah, she liked it. She she admitted to me. What did she make of the ending? Um, she said, I don't understand how that... How that doesn't hurt, and I said it. <laughs> it, it does. does. <laughs> it does. But she, she admitted to me about halfway through the show that. Um, oh, they know how to fall. She was like, oh, "Do you know what's? Do you know what's really annoying?" I said, "What?" She went, "I'm actually kind of starting to like it." <laughs> and I was like, "Ha!" I got her. Who, who was she going for in the end? Um, she didn't particularly have a favorite. The only time we've ever really discussed having favorites. Was during um, Okada and Omega in the in their um, two out of three falls match. She was on Okada's side, and I was on Omega's side. Mm-hmm. So I proper shoved it in her face. We when Omega Should won. We, um, yeah, she she was she didn't particularly take sides on that. One. She was pretty tired by the end of that. I always think if you're watching wrestling, you just got to pick a side. If you don't know, I usually on, tell her. I, I usually, especially when I know the result, I usually. Ask her who she thinks is going to win. Mm. Um, it should be hard to give. She knows nothing of the backstory. But I, I ask her like midway through the match. Mm. I don't ask her at the beginning. Um, and then you go fucking wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah why'd you pick them, fucking idiot? I mean, she she enjoyed it. I think her favorite match was the Street Profits one because that was the one she was most awake for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point. I gave her a first sip of Red Bull ever. <laughs> We did the uh, traditional co-op run before. Traditional co-op run. You should just get it delivered now. Bought some sweets. Uh, It was on the way back from the city centre. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I bought some sweets and she had a relentless side of Red Bull. So I thought, I'll share share with her. Um, She took one One sip and went, there's so much sugar, I can't. (laughs) One of these days I'll get Frankie to watch a pay-per-view with me. No, you won't. No, I won't. You'll get to watch maybe one match. No, I could barely do that. It's just not happening. Don't know how I do it, man. I need to. There's a podcast called um, "Trying to Get Something Along the Lines of Trying to Get My Wife to Look Watch Wrestling." I think it's actually what it's called. Um, I need to listen to that. Get some tips. Sam Roberts does a similar thing. Does he? Where um, he'll watch 
a match. I don't know if he watches a show or just watches one match, but he gets someone in his life who he knows who um, has no interest in wrestling whatsoever and gets them to watch it with him. Yeah. And they record it and stuff like that. Yeah. Need to get some tips. Maybe I just need to put money on it. <laughs> and make it interesting. But I'll make sure that she always wins. Or she wins like a couple of times at the beginning. Or literally just say, I'll give you a tenner if you watch this with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wouldn't work. She, there's probably her time's worth more than a tenner. So. Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, we haven't got time to talk about Raw and Smackdown, but King of the Rings back. Anybody excited about that? Nah. Okay. Yes, I fucking loved it. Bloody love a King of the Ring. I love a tournament. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I've always wanted more tournaments. Um, especially to determine like number one contenders and stuff, because if the way you become a number one contender is just to come out and attack someone, yeah. why is not everyone why doing that? Do um, I feel a bit bad for Xavier Woods. Uh, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter. He's a tag team champion. He can't be in this tournament. Ah, oh, but that hasn't stopped people in the past. You've had Intercontinental champions and shit. Yeah. Um, he's been lobbying for this to come back apparently since he got signed in 2010. Yeah. And. Um, been all over Twitter when they announced it, um, saying like literally just like 280 letters of just capitals, like, What the f? How is this? That like, I need to be putting this. This is literally my favorite thing. Like, there's someone pulled up loads of interviews from him over the years of him, or like on his channel and stuff, talking about how much he loves King of the Ring. He was like, Please, please, WWE, please put me in this. This is like my dream. Please, please, please. And then he announced the, the, <laughs> announced the lineup, and he was in it. <laughs> he was devastated. Which yeah. is why he said what he was saying on SmackDown this week when he was backstage, and they were like consoling him. And, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, poor Xavier Woods. Viewers. Um, used to say he won't make his way into it at some point. Maybe someone has to pull out. What do we make of the entrance um, on the in this tournament? By the way, um, I think overall pretty pretty stat like what you would expect from a King of the Ring tournament in terms of the level of superstar. I just kind of feel like the Miz doesn't need to be in it. Yeah, it works for the large part. Um, the Miz. Chad Gable is also a bit of an odd choice. Shout out Benjamin. The Miz and um, Kevin Owens are the only ones in there who have previously won the world title. Um, you've got a couple of uh, former NXT. But yeah, then you've got Samoa Joe's, you've got maybe Cesaro, Baron Corbin, a bit more of it as proper established guys. Like the SmackDown side looked good in terms of the up and comers, and even on Raw, you've got your Cedrics and your Ricochets, and you've also got a Sami Zayn. So. But do you know. Based off the story that we got on on um, SmackDown, do you know the story that I want to see going throughout this King of the Ring tournament? Um, let me. No, I don't. Andrade. So previously, the King of the Ring winner would get a title shot, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm still okay with that. No, well, it was never set in stone. But based off what we got, um, well, it was. Like Brock Lesnar, one king in a ring, guaranteed a title shot against The Rock at SummerSlam. Stone Cold. I don't, did he get an official title shot? I don't know. I don't um, mean the early ones did. No, early not ones not all of the early ones, but they did, they did a few years where did they? the winner would get a title shot. Did. No, but... Because Bret Hart went few on years, not all of the years. King Lawler. Anyway... <laughs> It happened for Brock Lesnar. It happened once, that's what happened. I think it definitely happened for Sheamus. Oh, we no one cares about that that period of King of the Ring. 
Anyway, my point is, um, in, instead of that, maybe it could just be prize money of, let's say, a hundred thousand dollars. You could have Kevin Owens' story is he needs to win this tournament to pay off his suspend uh, to pay off his fine, and then have say have him get to the final, and have a proper heel. Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, maybe Drew McIntyre, Andrade and Zelina. Anyway, have a heel go against Kevin Owens to try and stop him winning this money in the final. And Samoa Joe would be a good one. Oh, Samoa Joe would be a good one, yeah. And if you have him beat Kevin Owens, then it's just more sympathy for Kevin Owens as a babyface. Kevin Owens wins. It's a triumphant moment. Um, family man saves the world. All that kind of <laughs> it's stuff. It's not saving the world. <laughs> um, it's the saving the universe. But I think that's that could be a decent story. That yeah, play. sounds like a really great story, except... It is a bit it would of a, be too obvious, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's, it's also like maybe two hundred, five hundred grand, or something like that. So it's not just exactly the figure that Kevin Owens has been fined. Um, but or he could sell the crown. Sell <laughs> <laughs> Um Maybe um, Ted DiBiase can come along and offer to buy Kevin Owens' entrance into the King of the Ring for a hundred grand. Doesn't seem smart or safe. That's not a smart <laughs> investment. Not a great return on your money on that, are you? No. Um, I'm just excited for the King of the Rings to come back because personally, it's the first tape that I ever owned. 93? And wore out King of the Ring with 93. Yeah. Where did you wear it to? We. Um, do you know what we should I do? I love a King of the Ring pay per view. Along with, so before we came on the air. Yeah. I said that um, we should write down our predictions for the whole Roman attacker yeah. and reveal them later on when yeah. it is revealed. Maybe right now we should pick our uh, King of the Ring winners and also not reveal them until the final. Okay. I'm good with that approach. Are you writing them down now? I don't well, know. We have to pick them right in a second. But I mean like tonight maybe. Um but yeah, we can do that. We don't tend to do that. By tend to, I mean we never have. <laughs> we don't tend to. We've literally never, ever done that. Um, quick word on Roman Reigns. Apparently he signed a new multi-year deal with WWE. Someone else did recently as well. Who did that? Who did that? Can't remember. Someone Who did, did that? Um, Braun Strowman did it relatively recently, like last month. Signed four more years. Yeah. Um, and interesting to see Braun Strowman actually this week. Yeah. I've seen him for a little while. Um, yeah. Right. We'll end it there. Um, next week I want to talk about Sasha Banks and we'll see what she does next week as well. Matt, I'm sure you'll love it. Um, I'm right here next week. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, we haven't got time this week to talk about it, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll defer to them. But Sasha Banks made a return to Raw, and she beat the shit out of Becky Lynch. <laughs> uh, at, times, at times, it looked like she was really beating the shit out of Becky Lynch as well. Um, but we'll, we'll get on to that. Um, anything else you guys wanted to add before we, before we hit the road? By we, I mean me. Um, 
Not, not really just a, a yowie wowie to all our listeners out there. <laughs> yowie wowie, people. Um, I'm going to think about writing down my Roman Reigns attacker and revealing it at another time in the future. If you guys want to do the same at some point, then please do. Uh, give us your tweets as well about maybe you, uh, what you're thinking uh, with this and what you think, how it can be revealed, why the um, why the attacker's doing what they're doing, etc. And well, what was Buddy Murphy really lying? Or maybe, was he just coerced? Well, maybe read out the best ones. Personally, do you know what I'm thinking about this? I reckon WWE don't know. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we never get into this story and it just never gets mentioned again. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. It'll be bloody Rikishi all over again, isn't it? Yeah, and he did it for The Rock because The Rock doesn't like Roman Reigns anymore. Because Roman was shit in his movie. (laughs) We don't know that. We've not seen it. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the People's Wrestling Podcast. Um, We hope you enjoyed it. Interact with us on the Twitter. And um, hopefully we'll see you next week.